Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Well, we welcome Amber Woods, who's been on quite a journey since she discovered she was pregnant aged just 15. Amber hadn't been attending school regularly at that point, and at five months pregnant, she moved into the House of Grace in Wellington, a home for... Uh, expecting teens. Amber really wanted to continue her schooling and was soon enrolled at He Huarahi Tamariki, the school for teenage parents in Tawa. Within months, she completed NCEA Level 1 and now appears to be unstoppable, partway through a bachelor's degree in sociology and anthropology. And her daughter is now four years old. What have been the realities of that journey? Kia ora, good morning, Amber. Great to see you. Welcome. How are you? I'm good. Um, I love reading, uh, my colleague drew my attention to this in the um, um, publication that comes to us uh, from He Huarahi Tamariki. You've written this uh, sort of graduate piece and it begins, you meet a crossroad, meet a crossroad and is that exactly what happens and what happened for you? What was, what was that experience like? What was going on? And where on earth did your future in education sit in all that? So for me, uh, finding out that I was pregnant at 15, it kind of triggered the first thought of what am I going to do now, you know? I instantly wanted to keep my daughter and the first thought I had was I don't want her to grow up and have nothing. I want her to have a successful mum. If I'm going to make this choice, I need to make it for her and not for me. So the first thing I wanted to do was get back into education because for me... Finding out that you're going to be a parent means that you have to grow up faster, you have to make decisions, and it's not just your life anymore. You've got other people to think of. You've got your child and you know their future life, their future husband or wife, their future children that need some kind of stability as well. Did it happen that quickly for you? Because that's almost a revolution. As we said, you weren't really engaged in education or in schooling for yourself. Yeah. But when this happened, did something just click that immediately for you, just changed everything for you? It really did. So in like the first twelve hours of finding out I was pregnant, I just I needed to I needed to figure out where I was going. And I think the first person to ever show support was the nurse who did the pregnancy test, and that was at Evolve Youth Centre in Wellington. And she was lovely. The first thing she said was, you know, like if you want to keep the child, you're gonna have to find a midwife. You're gonna have to, you know, sort out schooling you know, or, or, or a job or just figure figure out where you're going. And through her, I moved to. Uh, Sanctuary House, which is um, a Salvation Army home for young girls, and they helped me kind of decide that I was going to move to the House of Grace. At the House of Grace, within the first two days, I was enrolled at Hehurahi Tamariki, and because I, w- I was so excited, I was like, you know what? Yeah, I'm going to do this. I'm going to get my life back on track. I'm going to really stick this out and do the best I can because it's not just my life anymore. And when I went to Hehurahi Tamariki, just to walk around, just to see what it was like. It was a completely different dynamic to schooling as I was used to. There were about three to four girls per class. There were about six teachers, and everyone was smiling. All of the students there were smiling, saying, hi, this is a great school, you know, come come join us kind of thing. And it was just so welcoming. 
I just, like, the first day I started, I instantly felt like I wanted to get involved there. I wanted to be a part of this family because it's not just a school, it's like a family. Like, everyone there is looking out for everyone else. There's no drama from normal schools. There's no, you know, scared of a teacher because they're the grumpy teacher. You know that wherever you go in that school, there's someone that you can trust and someone you can rely on. And they've all been there before. So, you know, with, like, Braxton Hicks contractions, for example, I said to one of the girls, and she was like, oh, it's fine, it's fine, you know, just do this. Or with, like, uh, acid reflux and your baby, like, people just be like, oh, it's fine, it's fine, just do this. And, like, knowing that other people had been through the same experience and they were doing well made me feel like I could do that too. And that's what I want to do now, is show other girls that you can do this. If you want to do this, you can do this. I mean, it's a daunting situation. You've mo- been moving house a lot uh, as well. And as we said, I, I, I'm hearing from you just straight away, the reality that someone else's life was now your responsibility just sort of revolutionised yeah. your your mindset overnight. But then there's the practicalities. And I suppose it's hard for you to look back and say, what if any of these people hadn't been there? Yeah. That first nurse who was onto it and knew there were, <clears throat> excuse me, options to support you. Or, you know, the accommodation option being there for you. Or then being able to go um, to the school and to see people just like you. Can you even imagine any of it not having been there? I can. Uh, At first, I didn't think there were any options for me. Um, That's why I try to tell people now, like, if if, if something's wrong, you just need to talk about it. You need to find someone who's going to help you and support you. And that might not be a family member. It might not be a friend. It might be a professional. It might be a nurse. It might be a midwife. It might be a social worker. There's always someone there who is going to help you. It just might take a little time to find them. When you um, first went to the school, how old was your little girl? Or were you were you still expecting at that time? When did you begin at the school? I began when I was five months pregnant and achieved NCA Level 1, starting with no credits, uh, ending five, sorry, four months after I had arrived. So in four months I'd go NCA Level 1, and then when my daughter was three months old, I returned to the school, <laughs> yeah, got NCA Level 2 that year, yeah. So you were studying the whole time. Yeah. The whole time, right up to the point of your of, of your. Um... Yeah, I was taking work home. Yeah. And yeah. staying up late, doing all my work whilst pregnant, because I kept thinking, like, if I could just get level one done now, it's going to make it so much easier once she's here. Because I was thinking about it, and it's easier to get it done whilst pregnant than have a newborn uh-huh. child and get it done then. Uh-huh. Saying that. It wasn't as hard to go back to school with a newborn as I thought it was going to be. What happens at the school that makes that possible? The daycare. Uh, so the Griffin School is attached to Hehuarahi Tamariki, which means that you can breastfeed and you can walk five minutes and your child's right there and if they're hungry you can feed them, if they're unsettled you can settle them. If you're anxious because you know you haven't been separated from your child for a couple of hours a day, yeah, you can go and see them and relax and things like that. It's just nice knowing that you have the option to be around your child instead of like thinking about dropping them off at a daycare, then travelling a bit, then going to school somewhere else and thinking about, oh my goodness, my child's over there and I'm over here when something happens, things like that. And the daycare workers are lovely. They don't mind if people come in just to check on their child. They don't mind if people come in and take the child out for a bit of a cuddle and things like that. And Also, there's a lot of... Uh, activities that the school runs with the child as well. So in my first year of returning to school with my daughter, they had a magician come in. Uh, we went to, I think we went to the 
park and Paraparomu where they just like um, opened a water park and we do do a lot of outings, maybe not as much as you'd wish for because, you know, you always want to be with your child, but it does mean that every couple of weeks we do get a whole day where everyone just gets to hang out with all the babies and all the toddlers and all the four-year-olds, and it's just really, really nice seeing all these other happy young mums, you know, spending time with their children. It just gives you hope that something, you know, I'm going to end up like that one day, you know. Is it also really encouraging to simply be around other um, mums, young or otherwise, but be around. You've got an instant supply of, of yeah. that camaraderie, isn't it? For yeah. what for many people can be a lonely and isolating experience if they don't have strong support networks or <coughs> or uh, or family. It can be very isolating, and yet in many ways that's almost dealt with because you are there with people going through the exact same things. You say sharing their practical experiences yeah. and sharing how they're they're feeling. And there were challenges too. I think you had to move around a little bit, uh, yeah. a bit when your girl was quite little. So again. Um, there are all these things going on. There's the study, there's you looking after you, there's you learning to be a mum, there's the fatigue, uh, and then there's a a place to, you know, a a place for you both to live. And again, did you get extra support by being in that environment with some of those challenges as well? I really did. I believe that being around people in a similar situation means that you don't go in without knowing anything. I mean, with work and income, for example... It's a confusing system. It's a great system, but it's a confusing system. Talking to other young women who have kind of figured out how work and income works means that when, you know, a 16-year-old comes to school and they're pregnant, other girls can say, this is what benefit you need to apply for. You know, you're entitled to working for families' tax credits. You're entitled to a daycare, like, um, for them to pay your daycare and stuff like that. It helps with things like that. It also helps with things like... Uh, how do I get the father to pay for child support or, you know, am I ever going to have a relationship again seeing as I'm a young mum or will I ever be able to fit into these clothes again? Like, get, things like it's pretty much about. everything, yeah. really, isn't yeah. it? <laughs> everything. But, but also, I think at one point, as you were trying to sort the accommodation, this is probably a di- um, indicative of your determination, you had to take, what, how many trains and buses to get to, to, get to school? <laughs> so I moved to Wainuiamata, which is two trains away from Tawa and a bus, so every single day I caught a bus at, I think, 7 in the morning, caught two trains, got to school, took two trains back home, and then bussed up the hill. And my daughter was fine with it, which is lucky, because some children wouldn't be, but I was just that determined to keep studying. And I loved the school I was at. There is another teen parent unit out in Upper Hutt, but because I'd bonded with all the girls and the teachers and the support groups that did come to Hiahura Hitamariki, I just wanted to continue there because I was so close to finishing, so close to, you know, feeling like I'd actually achieved something, being able to look back and know that I'd done well. I just, yeah, every day was a bit of a struggle, getting up early, you know, having to get your child ready, getting yourself ready, getting all your work ready, getting on those trains, walking up that hill, things like that. But you just you just do it. Like, if you really want to do something, eventually you work it up in your head and you just go and do it. What were other people's attitudes, and what was your experience of that? Not so much of um, the schooling, because it's got a fan, you know we've, we've, it's got a fantastic <coughs> track record uh, and a demonstrable track record with young people's lives. Uh, but in the community in general, what were some of the things that you experienced, even among your own friends and, and family? What were some of the things ex- that you experienced when you became pregnant at, at you know at a young age? Uh, There was a lot of disappointment, which I can understand now that I am a mother. 
a lot of my family were disappointed that I'd fallen pregnant, particularly because I chose not to tell a lot of them. Um, some of them didn't know until she was born. Uh, some of them didn't know when she was born until the next day or a couple of days later because I was scared of that confrontation. Uh, a lot of my friends decided to, you know, move on with their lives without me because I'd stopped, you know, I was pregnant, I wasn't going to go out and party, I wasn't going to go out and do crazy things. I wasn't even much fun going shopping with because, you know, I couldn't fit into most of the clothes and things like that. Also, there were things or times where people in the public as a whole kind of just made me feel unwelcome. So on buses, I'd be eight and a half months pregnant standing because people would look at me and they'd see that I was pregnant, but they wouldn't want to move or they couldn't tell because I looked so young. So, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd take off my jersey and I'd be in like a singlet and you could clearly see my very round belly, clearly see that I was pregnant, but people looked at me like I was... on it, Like, they honestly looked at me like I was almost disgusting. Um, but you just have to keep going. Like, being pregnant and hormonal and people saying rude things or walking past you and pointing at you and things like that. Like, it does really get you down. At the same time, they don't know what you're going through. They don't know yet. Like, once you have that child, I guarantee people on the train and on the bus are going to be like, oh, that's such a cute baby and things like that. But when they see you and you're pregnant and you're 15, I don't know, I think some people don't understand that we're not all a stereotype, you know? We're not just a stereotype. A young mother isn't someone with messy hair and ripped jeans and cigarette butts everywhere and empty bottles and six babies to different dads. A young mother is somebody who made the conscious decision to keep her child and is actively trying to make their child's life better. A lot of people look at Hirhurahi Tamariki and they just get confused. They don't understand why someone would make a school for young parents but to me that's the only thing that's one of the only things that pushed me to get so far you know I never thought I was going to go to uni even even before I fell pregnant I never thought I was going to make it I never thought I was going to get a job I never thought I was going to do anything with my life and then I did <laughs> so then, yeah who gave you the guidance on parenting itself obviously the your fellow students could share their experiences at school mm. but this is an overwhelming life experience for anybody, let alone um, someone on, you know, pretty much on their own and, and someone who's young. Um, well, so the assumption goes. Yeah. So for you, uh, obviously, um, innately, some people just click in and, and others struggle, but overall, everybody struggles and everybody's got stuff to work out. How did that work for you and, and how did it help you? Or who helped you, rather? At the House of Grace, there was another woman there at the time that I was pregnant, and she was my um, a really, really good friend of mine whilst we were pregnant, and her son was born a month before my daughter was born. Watching her get up in the middle of the night, breastfeed her son, you know, take care of him, change his nappies, things like that, it gave me an insight to what the kind of schedule, but not quite a schedule, because, you know, the kids are you know not going to do this at this time, this at this time, but kind of what it was going to be like. She also let me be in the room with her while she was in labour, so I knew what that was going to be like, which was great. But there were just little tips that I heard along the way, like um, 
if your child has wind, sometimes you can tell because their tongue sticks to the roof of their mouth. I would never have known that. There's no you way. You've been would around babies a lot, eh? No, no, I never. Like, I have a younger sibling, but only by two years. Mm. So I've never really been around babies. The other girl at the House of Grace, when she had her child, that was the very first newborn I'd ever seen in my entire life. And so when my daughter was born, I kind of looked at her like, oh my goodness, she's so small. What do I do? I don't even know how to change a nappy. I don't know how to breastfeed. I'm not sure how to do this. But the house mother at the House of Grace was really supportive. She taught me how to breastfeed and things like that. Um, you know, what to do if you get cracked nipples and things like that. What to do, you know, like... Uh, to make sure that you're eating constantly because if you're not eating then your baby's not really eating anything either and things like that. And the girls at Herhura Hitamariki were great support. They were telling me, you know, don't buy too many newborn clothes because they're they gonna grow, grow out too of them fast. So fast. Yeah. There's a lot of advice that you yeah. hear. And some people get really fed up with hearing all this advice like, No, no, I'm gonna know what to do, no no, no I'm gonna know what to do. But for me, I was just, you know, what 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 should I do? You know, what if this happens? What if that happens? I loved hearing different girls' experiences because it kind of prepared me for my own. So when my daughter was born, I wasn't stressed out. I never, I didn't cry. I didn't panic. I didn't complain about having to wake up at three and six and eight in the morning. You know, every single night for a good couple of months. I just got up. I did it. And there's this reward as well. You know, when you wake up at three in the morning and you do breastfeed your child or you give them a bottle and you change the nappy and you get them back to sleep and they're happy and they're calm and you see that, there is this reward feeling inside where you go, I made it again, you know. It's only been three hours since the last time, but I made it again. I did it again. I'm going to continue doing this. And one day they're going to be old enough to look back and say, thank you, Mum. I'm so thankful for what you've done. And it makes me feel really proud now looking back at how, you know, Times are tough with children. They really are sometimes. But looking back, I'm so proud of the fact that I kept going. I kept struggling, you know, but I kept fighting the fight, you know, kept going. Your gorgeous girl is four now. Yeah. And how would you describe her to our listeners? Oh, she has <laughs> attitude. If Beyonce could be shrunk into a baby, <laughs> that's definitely what she'd be like. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she... Uh, has the biggest personality. She keeps an eye on your study, doesn't she? Yeah, she she asks me how I'm doing, and she goes, how was the test, Mum? Did you get there on time? Because, you know, like, I'm walking, and I'm going, oh, I'm going to be like, oh, I'm going to be like, and she's like, no, Mummy, you're going to be okay. You know, did you do good in class? Are you going to get your degree? So I tried to explain to her why I go to uni, because sometimes it is tough for kids to understand why you have to be gone for so long. Sure. And... I explained that if I go to uni and I get good grades and I get a good degree, I get a good job, so we get a nice house and we get to have you know, nice things and stuff like that. And so she's really excited for me. She just wants the house now. She, she just wants the house and, and yeah. she wants a dog. <laughs> yeah. um, you had support also, I think, at university, and this has been the common story, isn't it? I mean, anything is possible with the right support around. Yeah. And who was the group at university, I think, um, that was really supportive as, as well, from the perspective of just go, getting to uni and navigating uni? Uh, the Tapawaitahi group? Yeah. Yeah. So instantly after applying for university, I got an email saying, come along to you know, uh, the Tapawaitahi group uh, and things like that. And I was like, you know what, I'm going to do this. I'm going to come along and see what it's about. This is, a, is this the Māori and Pacifica yeah, um, yeah. network, really, isn't it? Yeah, so it's yeah. a Māori and Pacifica support group. Yeah. And it honestly got me through my first year. 
it really did. Every single trimester, about a week or two before exams, they hold an exam prep class, and I think the statistics is either 90 or 95% of people who attend one of those classes is going to pass that exam. And I passed all of my exams. So <laughs> so where are things at now with the, with the study side of things? The degree you are partway through, well through, nearly halfway through? Yeah, so I started... The, at the start of 2016, so last year was my first year. This is my second year, uh, but through doing work in the third trimester last year, which not most students do, because I'm just trying to get it done faster, you know, um, I'm able to take level three papers in the second trimester of this year. So now I'm doing level two and level three papers, which means halfway through next year, I'll hopefully finish in two and a half years instead of three. <laughs> And I love it. I love university. It's it feels like a completely different world, you know. What's your advice to others who uh, either are or who are, you know, loving and looking, you know, trying to help out someone who is in the same situation, you know, is is finding out they're expecting young or, um, you know, is finding themselves. I guess what was the word? You meet a crossroad. Yeah. What, what what's what would you say from your own experience? I would say that when you do meet a crossroad and you can see that no matter which path you're going to take, it's going to be hard, don't sit down. Just don't do it. Get up. Make a decision. Take all these people around you, whoever you can find, even if it's not family, even if it's not friends, find people who will help you get through it and just run. Just run through that. Run through the bad weather. Run through the desert. Run through the storm. Just keep going because at, eventually you'll be able to turn around and look back and say, that's what I made it through and this is where I am now. Great talking to you, Amber. Thanks so much for coming in. <laughs> Amber Woods. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. <laughs> 